Hashtag blessed. Oh, yeah. I've got a few things to say about that. Hello, friends. I'm Kristen Hunt, and this is To Know Him More. Typically, it's an unscripted, unedited, one-take podcast where I simply share what I've been learning in hopes that it will encourage you as well. Sisters, we are called to revel in the glory of God, and we must therefore battle the complacency in our Christian lives through the transformative power of daily seeking to know Him more. Hello, friends, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of To Know Him More. I actually feel rather ridiculous saying Season 2, only because it was not exactly planned. This is not necessarily a Season 1, 2, 3 type thing. It's only that I ended up taking such a long break over the summer that it seemed like a perfect opportunity to start a fresh, to do something just a little bit different, and to pretend that it was entirely purposeful. So I am back, and I am not sure as to how often I will be posting. I'm not sure as to what the content is going to be. It may hold much of the same semblance of what it was last season, but it may be it will be different. I just don't know what that different is going to look like. I can't promise weekly or even monthly episodes. I can promise that for my own benefit, to be able to look back on the years that Jesus has been walking with me, I want to have a place where I can find how I have changed along the way and how Jesus has revealed more of his character through the life he has called me to. So here we are, a brand new season. School is starting. Summer is still really, really hot. And yet, you know, I always clump September in with all those fall months. I have my boots ready and my long sleeve sweaters. Just they're calling to me from my closet. If I put them on now, then I will melt into a little puddle on the floor. But ooh, I am so ready for when fall legitimately hits. Right now, I am sitting in the front seat of our brand new van. And by brand new, I mean that it is 13 years old, but it is a sweet, sweet blessing as our previous vehicle has exploded. I figured that I would do what I've heard a lot of other moms and other podcasters and vloggers do. They go stand, stand, they sit in their vehicle. And I gotta say, it's really, really nice. At least parts of this situation are. There's um, no children with me. That's really nice. Oh, and, and listen to this. Oh, isn't that amazing? It's a whole lot of nothing. It is so quiet in here. It's fantastic. However, there are a few drawbacks as well. And the main one is the heat. Oh my goodness. If I turn on the AC, then all you can hear is this huge whooshing wind blowing through the microphone. So I'm going to make this particular episode, well, I'm guessing it's going to be a little on the short end, just because I am already starting to glisten with the sparkle of um, heat. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. But this summer has been full, and Jesus has been so good. This summer has been hard, and Jesus has been so good. This summer has changed me, and Jesus has been so good. 
mainly because I've learned to look at blessings in a deeper way than I have seen them before. Usually when people use the term hashtag blessed, it's because they got a new car or they um, beat cancer or because they just won the lottery. Woohoo! Hashtag blessed. It's usually a very positive, very comfortable, very circumstantial thing that earns their label of blessed. But y'all, blessed is not hinged on comfort. Blessed is not hinged on feelings. Blessed has absolutely nothing to do with us. There is no bearing on blessedness that has anything to do with who we are, what we accomplish, or even what we experience. Blessed simply means the outpouring of goodness from a good God. So if you know Jesus as your rescuer, redeemer, then no matter what you go through in life, you are blessed. Being blessed is simply living in the presence of God and knowing him to be your savior. Being blessed is understanding who God is and how he has lavished himself upon you. Being blessed has nothing to do with anything we can do or think or become, but everything to do with what God has done for us simply because of who he is. Now, I love my books. I really, really do. And I would love to recommend a whole bunch of them over the next while to you. But the first one I would love to read from is called The Valley of Vision. It is a collection of Puritan prayers. And I wasn't really big on really reading other people's prayers. Usually they just seem to be flowery and Um, It looked like it was a bunch of people wanting to make others pay attention to them and see how spiritual they were. And uh, it was just stodgy and weird. But I ended up um, coming across the Valley of Vision. It was highly recommended to me. And I trusted the person that um, did the recommending, which I am very appreciative of. And I wish I knew who had given me that recommendation. This book of Puritan prayers, they're from godly, godly men who simply wanted to pen their heart. Not necessarily to share with anyone, but to be able to have a journal of how they communicated with the Lord. And they're gorgeous. This prayer is entitled Choices, and I'm just going to read the last, last little bit. Thou hast done for me all things well, hast remembered, distinguished, indulged me. All my desires have not been gratified, but thy love denied them to me when fulfillment of my wishes would have proved my ruin or injury. My trials have been fewer than my sins. And when I have kissed the rod, it has fallen from thy hands. Thou hast often wiped away my tears, restored peace to my mourning heart, chastened me for my profit. All thy work for me is perfect, and I praise thee. Isn't that gorgeous? All thy work for me is perfect, and I praise thee. 
I'm reminded of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, depending on how you pronounce it, and how he was talking to the Lord about his people saying, Lord, have you seen these guys? They are messed up. They are just sinning all over the place. I, I don't think you've noticed, but um, they're kind of being quite rebellious. And the Lord said, yes, I have noticed. And in fact, I'm going to bring these really, really big bad guys and they're going to come on through and be my means of punishment. And y'all, y'all are going to go into exile. And <laughs> Habakkuk goes, oh, oh, um, Lord, that's um, <clears throat> not exactly what I meant. I meant like, couldn't she just smite a few people and make them scared or maybe do that whole burning bush and thundercloud kind of thing? And the Lord said, no, 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 you don't understand. You people are mine. You follow my commands. Those big bad guys, the Chaldeans over there, they are mine. They are also my servant and they will do my bidding. And at the end of this exile, then you will know me and you will seek my face. The whole point of being exiled in the first place, the whole point of being absolutely decimated by the big old bad guys is that Habakkuk's people, the Jewish people, would know the Lord again, that they would seek him and pursue his heart again. And so Habakkuk realizing that even that bitter sovereignty, that bitter plan that the Lord had in store for his people was wrought with goodness and love. The heart of the Lord was so that his people would turn to him and love him just as he loved them. And he was willing to use the biggest bad guys of the land that hated God. He was willing to use even them to make them his servant to do his bidding so that his people would be known, um, would, be, would be drawn to him and would know him more. And so Habakkuk, Habakkuk, at the very end of the book, he says that even if everything is stripped away, there's no food in the stalls, there's no plants to eat, there's nothing. And even if I fall apart, I'm going to praise you. And in the midst of that, I trust that you will equip me. You will give me hinds feet for high places. If you call me to the high places, wherever you call me to, you will give me exactly what I need in order to be there well. And so as we look at our blessings, we can look at COVID. And it is a hard, bitter sovereignty. There has been so much to grieve over. Death is a result of sin, and yet at the same time, it is a liberation from the evils of this world that we might be in the presence of Jesus. People are awful. (laughs) People are so sin-filled and selfish and broken, and in their sin state of brokenness and selfishness, they hurt so many others. And in that, we grieve the lack of perfect relationships. And even then, the beauty of God's sovereignty reaches down into that brokenness and says, you see that broken relationship? Let me give you one that can never be broken. Inside every single hard, achingly difficult thing, every bitter sovereignty is not just laced with grace is not just drizzled over with goodness, but it, it, God's goodness permeates 
every aspect of his character and therefore in the eternality of his goodness there is an eternality of goodness through his actions everything God does is good and so therefore everything that he allows we have to believe we must believe I do believe that God uses that perfectly out of his most perfect love and his ability to know all see all and wrap all things to his will that he will use even the sins of others and even the results of my own sin and the brokenness of this world to create me into a better likeness of who he is to draw those who do not know him to his heart and to work his greatest glory into every single thing. And so my desire as I go through this next season, whether it's simply reaching into fall in those crisp, cool months, or it's doing school as we um, go through another year of homeschool with the kiddos, as it is working through ministries or dealing with neighbors or just trying to navigate mask or no mask at a grocery store, I am purposed to see every single thing that Jesus brings into my life as a blessing because for the single most reason that I know that God is good and everything he does is good. And when I experience his hand, I experience his goodness. And at the heart of that is his glory and my opportunity to know him more. Okay, so we need a bit of a disclaimer here. In the beginning, I said that this is an unscripted, unedited, one-take podcast, but occasionally I need to jump in and, oh, fix a couple of things. For example, our car did not actually explode. I meant to say probably expire, something that just means it was really old and it finally died. So nothing catastrophic happened at all, just it died and Jesus blessed us with a new vehicle. Also, you know, I learned to read a lot of words before I ever learned how to pronounce them. And one of them was found in the Valley of Vision. So I don't exactly know how to pronounce the word chasen, chasen. Also, I know that there are lots of people who pronounce that one book of the Bible many different ways. How do you say it? Is it Habakkuk or Habakkuk? If you feel that any of that was important enough to give your feedback on, feel free to drop me a line. I'm always at contact at kristenhunt.com, and I would love to hear from you.